Hey, it's my um, my privilege and my joy to uh, to talk about um, or to do the the third in our series in, in Advent, the season of waiting. You know, looking back to the first coming, looking forward to the second coming. I love what uh, Jonathan and, and Pete shared uh, and taught over the last uh, two weeks. <clears throat> one of the one of the downsides of of uh, knowing the Christmas story so well is that is that it's it's hard to make it. Um, connect in our hearts again. You know, we're so familiar with the story, and um, and we can miss the heart of it. And I guess what we're trying to do is just deliberately slow down <clears throat> in order to notice again in a, in as fresh a way as we can possibly muster. So I want to I want to start us in the in the probably towards the end of Jesus's three year ministry uh, when he was uh, thirty three, I guess. Um, <clears throat> And right in the middle of, of Matthew's gospel, we read this, this passage in uh, Matthew. Let me see if this will work. Um, yeah. So Matthew chapter 12, verses 9 through 21. And then Jesus went over to their synagogue where he noticed a man with a deformed hand. And the Pharisees asked Jesus, does the law permit a person to work by healing on the Sabbath? And they were, they were hoping that he'd say yes so that they could bring charges against him. And he answered, if you had a sheep that fell into a well on the Sabbath, wouldn't you work uh, to pull it out? Of course you would. And how much more valuable is a person than a sheep? Yes, the law permits a person to do good on the Sabbath. And then he said to the man, hold out your hand. And so the man held out his hand and it was restored just like the other one. And then the Pharisees called a meeting to plot how to kill Jesus. But Jesus knew what they were planning, so he left that area, and many people followed him, and he healed all the sick among them. But he warned them not to reveal who he was. And this fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah uh, concerning him. Look at my servant, whom I have chosen. He is my beloved who pleases me. I will put my spirit upon him, and he will proclaim justice to the nations." He will not fight or shout or raise his voice in public. He will not crush uh, the weakest reed or put out a flickering candle. And finally, he will cause justice to be victorious. And his name will be the hope of all the world. And so the story is, is Jesus uh, you know, in his healing and deliverance ministry, uh, reversing the works of Satan by healing and setting people free and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. And he comes to this point where the Pharisees decided it's time to eliminate Jesus. You know, he's a, he's a threat to the, to the uh, current order. And it's one of the few times that Jesus seems to step back from opposition. Um, but as always, the gospel writers recognize the fulfillment of, of something prophesied hundreds of years before in Isaiah 42. Uh, and, and it's this, it's this kind of, it's a really important point for us to, to pause and kind of go, God is always working his plan. You know, God, God's plan is utterly fascinating. And though I've got so many bung fingers, I'm not sure which one to hold. <coughs> um, <coughs> God is. I'll just keep shifting. Um, God is utterly fascinating um, because he because the way that he entered into human history to effect this rescue was to come uh, as a, as a baby. Uh, you know, <clears throat> he's the hope of the world, but he never uses force. He never uses coercion. And and, and we're <clears throat> we're we're so immersed in a world where history is written by by dwemes, You know, dead 
uh, white English-speaking males. Um, and, you know, and so much of it is about power. So much of it is about, you know, history, history being written by the strong and the powerful. Uh, that saying that to the strong, uh, to the victor, uh, go the spoils. And, and Jesus goes so far to the other extreme of gentleness and weakness that it's breathtaking. You know, who would, who would ever in their wildest moment think that the rescue plan to redeem humanity is to send a vulnerable baby? It's, it's just crazy. You know, we humans tend to love leaders who talk tough and act tough. And we're always kind of going, oh, I'm going to vote for the one that's going to be strong and going to, you know, bring some change. <clears throat> and yet Jesus, the one who came to seek and save, comes as a servant and as, as, and as a humble, suffering king. And even at his trial... He wouldn't, uh, he wouldn't defend himself. Even at that moment where he could kind of go, I, I, could, I could bring legions of angels to get me off this cross. He doesn't do it. He consistently chooses weakness. He, that's, he, he drank the cup of suffering. Oh, you're too kind. <coughs> and quite hard to listen to, wasn't it? <laughs> Thank you, Lisa. <clears throat> so God's rescue plan was to come as the most utterly vulnerable weak person, a human baby. Uh, in in uh, Luke chapter 2, we pick up the, the story that we're so familiar with. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. And today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you that you'll find a baby wrapped in clo cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. And, and there's so much of the, of the Christmas story that is almost jarring to the current conditions we find ourselves in. You know, we're, we're still in the midst of a, of a global pandemic, you know, which in New Zealand is still killing 20 people a week and deeply disrupting lives. You know, we, we have a, a cost of living crisis and the apparent suggestion for that uh, to, to stop that cost of living uh, crisis is to, uh, is to get unemployment up to such a point, put people out of work, uh, raise interest rates so that young people who have bought their first house uh, end, up, end up with mortgagee sales. It, it seems a strange kind of thing. We're, we're teetering at the point of no return in the global climate crisis. We have a, an absolutely insane war uh, being waged in Europe again, as well as just the continuing atrocities that we, that we witness around the world. And, and, and we still have most of the world living in a hand-to-mouth way. It, it's, it, it, it seems really hard to kind of go, Jesus' entry 2,000 years ago as the hope of the world is working. Uh, and, and yet again, you know, you think about Israel, the actual photo, um, the point of Jesus' uh, birth, <clears throat> the conditions there were somewhat similar. You know, Israel, Israel was occupied by, by probably one of the most brutal regimes ever known. You know, Caesar would make Putin look like a little gentle child. Um, the, Israel's own leaders were brutal. You know, Herod's fear and jealousy led him to slaughter all the baby boys around uh, Bethlehem. Unfortunately, Joseph uh, was, was listening to God enough to take, to take his family to Egypt in time to escape the brutality. Uh, most people in, in this time were living a subsistence lifestyle where just a change of, a change of weather patterns would, would cause hundreds of people to die of, of starvation. They were utterly exposed to the vagaries of weather patterns. 
And a human baby in these kind of conditions, you know, we, we, um, we'd kind of look at those conditions and go, do not put the baby in the feeding trough. You know, many places you could put the baby, but not in the animal's feeding trough, for crying out loud. <clears throat> you know, it's, it's a crazy thing. But God was determined to have a new world in which power and violence no longer reign. That, that a, a, a world where peace and compassion can finally prevail uh, through love. And this is the moment that we still find ourselves in. This is the, the first coming that, we, that, that the, uh, the people faithfully listening to God were longing for. And yet 2,000 years on, we still don't seem to have come very far. We still seem to be wrestling with these same issues. And we're in this season of Advent, which means just to, to wait in eager expectation, remembering, celebrating his first coming, as, as Johnny uh, led us last week, sighing, Maranatha, come Lord Jesus. You know, there's this, there's this longing in our hearts, please come. Place is a mess for crying out loud. Let's, let's see some change. And our hearts know that the world needs to be put right. And yet we are too powerless to make any substantial change. You know, we, I, I don't know about you, but I, I often kind of think, but what possible difference could I make? You know, what, what changes in my lifestyle could make any kind of difference? They, they just seem so small and, in, and insubstantial. And though we should always be positioned to leave whatever we touch better than we found it. But it's interesting that this, this word, in the Old Testament, this word that's translated hope, <clears throat> there's, a number of, there's a number of words for hope, uh, that, that, sorry, a number of words in Hebrew that are translated as hope. Um, <clears throat> but the two that, that most often reference the, the coming Messiah are these two. Yachal, which means to wait for, and kavar, which means that the, the tension and expectation, like a, like a rope being called, pulled really tightly. It's that, it's that kind of sense. We're waiting for the tension to break. And, it, it, and it's interesting that hope comes from these words of, of waiting. You know, it's, it, it's, a, it's a tough thing. We've been waiting for 2,000 years. You know, we're, we're waiting for things to change. And again, when we think about hope, my, my personal favorite definition of hope is that it's a strong, confident expectation that something good is going to happen. And yet our hope is not on our circumstances. Our hope is in this person. It's a strong, confident expectation that Jesus will cause some good to happen. It's, it's very different from optimism. Optimism is kind of like I hope circumstances change. You know, I hope things improve. I ho you know, ho hope we hope we get a better government. I hope we get better leaders. I, ho I hope the economic conditions change. I, ho you know, I, I hope somehow or other we're going to be able to solve this climate crisis. It, it, it's 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 an optimism, and humans humans do tend to lean towards optimism. We we have a great we have a great optimism, and someone. Some mad scientist somewhere is going to figure out a way to kind of cure everything and, and, and put everything to right. And yet for, for Christians, our, our optimism or our hope is based on the character and the nature of God, that God is good all the time, that, that, that he's the one in which we can constantly put our hope in. When it says that he's the hope of the world, it's this expectation that, we've, that we've, whatever we've read of him, whatever we've experienced of him, we go, he's good. He's always good. He's always acting for good. He's always leaning into good. In the, old, in the New Testament, <clears throat> um, all mention of hope is centered purely on this person of Jesus, you know, to continually focus our hope in Jesus. And, and so we find ourselves 2,000 years on from the first coming of Christ to be still postured, postured towards this thing of I 
believe something good is going to happen. Uh, he's, he's the Prince of Peace. He's the wonderful counselor. He, he's the, he's the Savior of the world. I, my, my, my posture is this, waiting in hope. Um, <clears throat> see, God's past faithfulness is the source of our hope. The, the, the God who stooped low to save us, who stooped so low to become, to become one of us, and, and not to come as a, as a conquering king, but to come as a, as a vulnerable human baby. It's just it's a phenomenal story. And, and like I say, it's, it's hard because we're so familiar with the story that it, that it doesn't sort of, it's not like a bucket of, of ice cold water that kind of goes, that's crazy. You know, we've just, we've just heard the story too many times to have that reaction. And yet, it's crazy. <laughs> That he would become as a as a vulnerable baby, baby to, to 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 his his plan to rescue humanity was here's here's a baby boy, a, a baby boy, and and his and he continues to stoop low to adopt us and to give us his name and to give us his place and his family, so the humble king, who who is and who will set the world right is here amongst us today, even in our small gathering today, he's inviting us to receive from him, to give to those in each of our worlds. You know, we are the people of hope. And our, and our posture is to wait in eager anticipation that something's going to happen. You know, my, um, my favorite place is, is looking down on O'Neill's Bay and, and seeing Tehinga in the distance. And, you know, one of, the, one of my constant meditations whenever I can get out there is, is just to kind of see that just that the continued action of the of the ocean just eroding that coast I, and the west coast is so beautiful but don't tell anyone about it uh, <clears throat> but it's such a beautiful place but every time you go there something's changed you know it's it's an incredible place it's just the the inexorable power of the tides and the surf is just wearing those cliffs down <clears throat> you know for me I, i've i've sat in those sand dunes at times uh, you know a, a little discouraged and, and and sat and watched and just thought you know, it's it, as much as the tides come and go, as much as the, as much as those waves smash into those rocks, something's happening. It doesn't look like a lot, but something's happening. Something's being carved out. And you know, for me, it, it's that kind of sense of just reminding myself that sometimes the change is imperceptible, and yet it's constant. And it's been constant since he first came, and it will finally be wrapped up when he comes again. You know, we have this beautiful promise in, first, uh, in, in Philippians chapter 1, uh, verse 6, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ, until the day of Christ Jesus. And then uh, 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 in verse 9 through 11, and this is my prayer, this is Paul praying for us, this is my prayer that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and to the praise of God. And so our posture, this, this thing of Advent, to wait in eager expectation, our, our, you know, Jesus being the hope of the world is to wait and to watch and to see what he's doing. It, it, it's, again, it's just this incredible knowing that, that, you know, we get to the end of the year, I think all of us can look back and go, I've changed. I mean, this has been a tough year. You know, it's, it's, been, it's been hard for so many people. It's been personally really hard. Uh, but it's been, a, it's been a hard year, and yet I'm a different man than I, wa than I was this time last year. 
things have changed. You know, I, 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 you know, I seen his faithfulness, seen his kindness, seen his generosity. You know, it's, he, he's, he never abandons us. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in us will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. We don't know when it's going to come, but you know, we, we're aware that the scriptures say that his second coming will be like a thief in the night. You, you, no matter how, how much we manipulate the scriptures, we can't work out when it's going to come, but we do know this, it's going to come. He's, going to, he's coming back. Just the same as he came the first time, he's coming back the second time. He's going to wrap everything up and put everything to right. It's going to be beautiful. And we may be alive at that time, or we may be not. You know, my, I've got I've got more time behind me than I have in front of me these days, um, which is which is actually a pretty privileged position to be in. <clears throat> you know, to to look back and just kind of go, I've I've seen him at work, I, I've experienced him at work. I'm, I'm so grateful for what he's done. And so we have this. We 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 wait in this posture, knowing this. <clears throat> you know that a, that a God. <laughs> who comes on a rescue mission as a helpless, vulnerable baby. Is a, he's a God who embodies hope. You know, that very act of coming as a helpless child just says this, God is not lacking in hope. God is not lacking in that sense of it's going to change. And so we can live in this state of hope-filled expectancy. A little bit like islands of hope in a sea of insanity to steal an author's words and change them a little bit. <clears throat> but we, we live as islands of hope in a sea of insanity. You know, it, it's, we, we have this ability around us as a, as as a non-anxious presence in an anxiety-filled world. It's, it's an amazing thing that he's given us because we've seen enough to convince us that he's in control. We've also seen enough to realize that there's a lot that just seems completely out of control, but he could stop it in a heartbeat. He's an amazing God. And, and you know, my, I guess my, my, what I'm trying to convey this morning is this, that Jesus is still the hope of the world. And our position is that we wait. Hope, hope says wait. Hope says don't panic. Hope says don't try and fix things ourselves. Hope says wait. Wait and watch. You know, I, lo I love some of those, you know, some of those Old Testament stories of, you know, wait and see the salvation of God. You know, watch what God's going to do. You know, we're in that moment, you know, and, and each of us coming in here today, we carried something of the anxiety of our personal circumstances and our family circumstances, our work circumstances, our, you know, and, and our national circumstances. We, we came in here with that. And yet, and yet part of this, part of the slowing down and imbibing the Christmas story again is to, is to center ourselves in this, that he is, will be. And always has been the hope of the world. We lean into that, and and so I, I want to just I want to just pray for us, and um, you know as always there's opportunity to, to receive personal prayer. But I'd, I'd love for us just to just to pause, and um, and, and you know if you, if you're comfortable with this, to close your eyes and to, and to and to put your hands into a into a receiving position to receive something from him. So can we do that just just while we're sitting? And so Holy Spirit, we. Lord, we, um, we have parts of our being that are, in, that are stressed and in turmoil. 
whether it be a family member, whether it be a personal circumstance, whether it be a financial circumstance, whether, whether it be uh, looking into the future and, and, and fear being there. Lord, whatever it is that we came in with today, whether it's our health, whether it's, whether it's the state of our heart, Lord, we, we offer it to you again. We, we offer that to you. You are the hope of the world. And your name will always be the hope of the world. And so right now, we posture ourselves, Lord, with our hands out, ready to receive from you. So we welcome you, Prince of Peace. We welcome you, wonderful counselor, son of God, almighty God. We welcome you into our circumstances.